Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw. On this Wednesday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Bernsie, what's going on? Welcome back, Gambo. Yes, yes. yesterday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Remiss. Thank you. We speculated the wolf was gone yesterday, too. Yes. We thought maybe you two were off doing a political podcast together. We thought a political no, podcast, that, that, that yes. was not That was not the case. I, no, although was, I am happy that the election is over because my phone stops blowing up now with 75 messages every single day. Take the signs down. Oh, my Oh, the goodness. text messages, the signs. The text messages, the, the text. Yes. I, 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 I was literally getting 10, 15 every single day. Yeah, it was. From, so we, we all were. Yes, from everybody, like, oh we all God, were. Both sides. It's just like, ah, enough. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. It's yes. over. It's over, except when it's not over. So we, we, It's we, not really over. It's really not over. <laughs> Nothing is over. Nothing. Yes. Um, we, uh, we are here to give you respite. From all of that stuff, that's what we do here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I wish we had some better news about the Suns game tonight. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. It's not great news, but it's not like the end of the world either. Chris Paul listed as out for tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves due to a sore right heel. The severity of the injury is unknown. We presume at this point campaign would be the starter. Yeah, listen, I saw that injury. I didn't get to talk about it yesterday, but that, that's that's an old man's injury. That's, that's Honestly, that's an old man's injury. That's something that happens to us as we get older. You just move the wrong way. Ow! Oh, ouch. Oh, ow. Oh, what did you do? Oh, Charles! Help! That's that's an old man's injury. He didn't nothing nothing really happened. He just kind of moved the wrong way. Right? Moved the wrong way. Kind of landed on it a little yeah, funny, but yeah, not like yeah. a lot funny. Yeah, no. Yes, I mean that is definitely an injury that yeah, as you that's an old person. Chris Paul doesn't get that injury five years ago, ten years ago. That's a, I saw that I was like that's an old person's injury. <laughs> then you didn't do it. It just moved the wrong way. Your body moved the wrong way. You landed. So just something happened. Oh yeah, he only played fourteen minutes in that game. Boy, that got clobbered by Philly. Um, sure but, did. Yeah, Philly beat him up pretty good, and you know now no Chris Paul in the game tonight. He only took himself out after what, 14 minutes in that game against Philadelphia. They lost that one. Now you got to play Minnesota. They're not playing very well. You don't got Chris Paul. Um, you don't have Cam Johnson. You don't have Jay Crowder. It's like, oof, starting to feel like this is the Cardinals right now yeah, it's, with it's, all the injuries. They're just beat to hell right now. Uh, and yet they still have one of the best records in the, the Western Conference. But yeah, they are they are absolutely beat to hell. Now, now, Chris Paul, after the game against Philly, had said to Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central, man, it's just precautionary. It's fine. Not that big of a deal. Everything's okay. I just I left the game just as a precaution. Long season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is that just an extension of that? Is is this is him sitting tonight just an extension of that caution that the Suns like to use in a moment like this because it's so early in the season and all of that? I hope so. I mean, he made it perfectly clear the other night that if it were a more important game during a more important time of the year, sure, he'd be able to play. I think the, this the, is what you do. This is what you do. You you err on the side of caution. I mean, where the, but the season just started not too long ago, and we got a long way to go before playoff games. You don't, you don't take a guy, especially at his age, and you know, put him back out there and just try to. You guys, no. you got to beat Minnesota. But first of all, you might be able to beat Minnesota's a mess, so you might be able to meet, beat Minnesota without them. Uh, yeah, they're a disaster. Oh, they're their own. Their star player is calling the team soft, or their second Edwards. star player yeah. is calling the team soft. Yeah. 
that's bad. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. That's bad, bad sign. Look, the two questions that kind of spring to mind with this, right? Okay, okay knowing that Cam Johnson is out. Question number one. Okay, so campaign's the starter. Campaign actually did a really nice job last year when he was the starter, when Chris Paul was out for those four or five weeks. And campaign's off to a really nice start so far this year. So you feel okay about that. Question number one is, now the campaign's not coming off the bench, I assume Landry Shamit basically becomes the de facto point guard for the second unit. He hasn't played great so far to start the season. He's had moments, but nothing consistently. So that's question number one. How does the second unit respond to losing campaign? I think question number two, and you mentioned the Philly game the other night, that was 43 minutes of Devin Booker doing everything he could to carry that team on his back. You can't have that every night. It was a five-point game going into the fourth quarter, so you didn't have... Now, Philly won by 12, 12. or 40, but it was a five-point game going into the fourth. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Monty, I try to win that game, too, and ride book as long as I can. I don't blame Monty for that at all. But that's just... In a one-game situation... Only, yeah, you, I agree. In a one-game yeah. situation, I don't blame Monty, either. That can't yeah. be like the norm every no, night. No. Hey, everybody's out. Book, go out there and play 45 minutes and save us. That can't be the game plan here. He no, needs help out there. Yeah, I mean, listen, this, goes, this is the old sons when you had no help for book. It was Book by himself. It was on an island by himself. You go back to some of those early years with Book here, and when they only win in 20, 25 games, I mean, that's all you had. You had, you know, I had a game against Boston when he went for 71 or whatever it was. Like, you know, you had Book to score to try to, you had, that was the only way to win a game is he had to go crazy and go score 40 points to give you a chance to win. Other guys have to step up. And I'm looking at you, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, I'm looking at DeAndre Ayton, and I'm saying, like, okay, you got your max contract. You got it. They matched it. And, and you know, and we can talk about scoring, but I'm telling you, the, the most disappointing thing for me is he is an elite defensive rebounder. He has been. He's not right now. DeAndre Ayton is not rebounding the basketball at a very high level. I'm very shocked by that. Now, I, you know, points-wise, he's actually averaging 15. Last year, he averaged 17. Here's an opportunity for him to step up and, and add that extra scoring. So I want to see DeAndre be that guy. But I'm also, I'm telling you, I've been monitoring this for a few games now, man. He is not dominating on the boards at all. At all. To your point, his career average is 10.5 rebounds per game this year. 7.8 rebounds per That's game. A big difference. That's 20, where he's at so far. 20% down. Yep. He's down 20, over 20%. Like 22% he's down on his rebounds. He's not. And I always said, the thing about DeAndre, he is an elite defensive rebounder. He's elite. He's had games of 6, 8, 3, 8, 6, 7. Like, He's got to be better than that. He has to be. He, I'll tell you something else I think that's impacting things with Aiton, and I agree with every word you're saying, by the way. Another number that he is unusually high for for his career right now, Yeah, personal fouls per game. He's at four on well, average has, per game. and he, he seems to be in foul trouble quite a bit. Yeah, he's only averaged last year only two and a half fouls per game. The year before, just under three fouls per game. Right now, he's sitting at four fouls per game. And there have been a couple. I have to go back and look at each game. But there have been a couple of times this year where he, availability has become kind of a question for him because of foul trouble. And Monty's kind of had to manage his minutes in ways that Monty typically hasn't had to manage DeAndre yeah. Ayton's minutes unless it's a rest issue. Well, 
he's got Landale and Biombo, so he's got two quality guys to replace him. So I think he's okay there. Uh, it's just the other guys, like you were talking about the bench campaign's going to start now. I mean, how much does that affect? So your bench is down Cam Johnson because he's in the starting lineup. Yep. So he's not on the bench. You have Jay Crowder, who's supposed to be on the bench. He's not here. And now you're down campaign. He's not on the bench. It's like you start getting to the bottom of the barrel with guys like Akoji. It's, it's, it's going to be hard to win basketball games. You mentioned you got your eyes on DeAndre Ayton. I do, too. I got my eyes on Mikel Bridges. I know you do. I got I my you know. eyes on Mikel Bridges. Yeah, you I, believe I, that he could be a, a much bigger scorer for them. I, I think he needs to. You know how we used to, and I mentioned this yesterday, you know how we used to have those conversations with Ayton? Is it him not demanding the ball, or is it the Suns not getting him the ball? Yes. Kind of feel like we're at the same place now with Mikel. Like, oh, like interesting. He's, like, okay, it's, it's Mikel, you've got to demand that ball, and the Suns have to give him the ball. He's This is only going to work without Cam Johnson for the next month or two if they pick up scoring from other sources. Ayton is a logical source for that. Mikel Bridges is also a logical source for that. He can do better than 10 shots per game, 12 shots per game. Mikael Bridges, I'm not saying he's an elite offensive player, but is he a guy that you think could give you 18 points a night, 19 points? I do. I do. I think in this offense with his slashing ability and his three-point shot. The slashing ability. I think he can give you 18 to 20 points per game. And in this scoring void of no Camp Johnson where Devin Booker desperately needs some help, I'm looking at you, Mikel. I, I, I want to see more than 12 shots tonight because most of those shots, you know, you watch the game against Philly. Most of his points, most of his shots kind of came in garbage time after the game was done. You know, after the game was pretty much yeah. decided. He needs to he needs to dial it up a little bit, I got in my an, opinion. I got another guy for you. Hit me. Because he was always a guy that averaged between 10 and 15 points a game. Your guy, Dario. Dario. Dario can score. Yes, like, can. Dario's a he good can, scorer. He can shoot the three, he can shoot which the they three. need to do more of. He's a 35% three-point shooter career. He's uh, he's a guy that, you know, has always been a guy that's been somewhere around 10 to 15 points, you know, a year. That's what he would average, somewhere between 10 and 15. Some years 10, some years 11, some years 12, 14. Dario could be a guy, now that he's starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm, and, and you, know, he, you know, he played 21 minutes against Portland. He had nine against Portland. In the other game, he didn't play much against Philly, but I think he's a guy. If he is ready for those minutes, and we'll have to ask James about this. We have James James Jones on later. If he's ready for those minutes, he could be a guy that could add to the scoring. Yep, I think that's a good call. I think he's another guy who certainly is capable of doing that. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we got some news about this Cardinals Rams matchup coming up on Sunday. News from the Rams' perspective, and news just coming down from the Cardinals' perspective. We'll tell you what happened. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Well, guys, it's uh, not been a banner week for Arizona sports, and it just got worse. This from Field Yates. While the Cardinals held only a walkthrough today, quarterback Kyler Murray was a projected non-participant in practice as he is now dealing with a hamstring issue. Kyler Murray. Raro on the injured list. Got it right here in front of me, as a matter of fact. Is there, okay, is there a part of you that just wants to see how this offense could play with Colt McCoy for one game? Because I do. Yes. Yeah, Joel, yes. you all agree? Yes. 
Mitch, there's there's a part there's yeah, a, a part of me that it, it, at this point it's been so frustrating. Not that Colts the long term answer. Not that it, it, it's about anything permanent or anything beyond. Let's just see. one game. Let's just see. Let's just see, let's see, just, if, it, let's just just see, see. if it really is Kyler. Yeah, I, it's let's yeah. Colt McCoy go after. Colt McCoy goes out there, throws the ball down the field, and they get all of a sudden they get their longest play of the season. There's five pass plays of over 15 yards. There's three over 20. And we have to say, yeah, this is definitely Kyler. I'd be like, curious. I'd be I'd be lying to you if I said oh, I wasn't. I was curious to see how different it looks. Listen, I mean, you don't root for injuries or anything like that. If Kyler Murray can't play this week, I'm fine with it. You're three and six. You're not going anywhere. Let's see what Colt McCoy could do with this offense. Because if he goes out there, he knows the offense. If he goes out there and everything got, kind of runs smooth, and all of a sudden Cliff's offense is clicking, and they've got plays down the field, and man, then it's then you know, you know that it's Kyler. It's Kyler. Because this is, is it Cliff, is it Kyler, it's both, okay. I mean, I get it. I get what, what people say. You can hate Cliff and want him fired. You can not like Kyler and be mad that the Cardinals signed him to the extension. You can say, I don't like either one of them. But what if Colt McCoy goes out there this week against the Rams and they play well and he throws the ball down the field? Then you got to be scratching your head saying, you know what? It's a heck of a lot more Kyler than it is Cliff. Yeah, it, beca- it, it complicates the issue, to be sure, because, you know, we've been going along thinking that at the end of the year there might be a coaching change. And, of course, Kyler's not going anywhere. I mean, that's kind of the problem here is Kyler. No. Okay, Colt McCoy can go out there and throw 400 yards. It doesn't matter. Kyler Murray's your quarterback, right? So there, there, there's a I, I wouldn't want a life on that, though. I, there is, but it's not anywhere soon. No. You know, we're not anywhere close to that shelf life. Well, we're they, the, the extension hasn't even really kicked in yet. No, I know his cap hit this year is like sixteen million dollars. I think next year it goes up to like fifty. Right. No, he's your guy next he's year. He's your guy. He's he's your guy. So I would almost. It's weird. It's almost weird to say like I would almost want Colt to go out there and struggle. So I go okay. At least it's not Kyler. At least oh. I, I know it's not him. Oh, oh man. You know what? I'm, I'm just, so if Colt goes Colt goes out there and he struggles, then you can be like, oh, it's definitely this offense. <laughs> and Colt McCoy can't because Colt McCoy he's a better veteran guys been around a league for a long time he, these are the things cardinal fans think about when they're going to bed I at night swear right I it's just like that. you're just kind of like the thinking first, about all the hypotheticals the here, first you know? thing when kyle hey kyle is on the injury report you know what maybe it's not such a bad thing if he doesn't play this weekend yeah let's get a look at somebody else so he it was a walkthrough only today so they were kind of projecting who would have been available if it was a full practice but they're saying that kyler murray wouldn't have practiced because of a hamstring byron murphy rodney hudson will hernandez we know where hernandez is out we know buddha baker is out he got ruled out today. He didn't practice. Calvin Beecham, Cody Ford, Max. I mean, like the whole offensive line, basically, outside of DJ Humphreys, who was limited today. So a whole bunch of guys didn't practice. But obviously, the lead in that is Kyler Murray. But that's not it when it comes to the news for the Cards-Rams game. It was revealed today by Sean McVay that Matthew Stafford is in the concussion protocol. He might be thinking the same thing. We are. It might be Colt McCoy versus John Wolford this weekend. Who now, was it that faced Wolford in the, what was, what was it? It was Streveler. Streveler. Streveler the leveler. Streveler the leveler. Streveler the leveler. <laughs> it was it was Chris Streveler who did it, yeah. Um, so Matthew Stafford enters concussion protocol right ahead of the game against the Cardinals. Now, this is Wednesday, so we don't know how he was injured. He did not enter protocols until today, but he played the entire game against the Bucs. 
So we know he's had an elbow issue. Yeah, it was it was cleared up by a team spokesman that Sean McVay misspoke. Matthew Stafford entered the concussion protocol yesterday, not today. But Sean McVay did okay. say today, we're not really sure when it happened. Right? Like, we, it didn't happen during the game. He wasn't woozy. At least we don't think it happened during the game. But he's in it now, so they're not quite sure when it happened, how it happened, or what's going to happen next. But he is now in concussion protocol, and it could be John Wolford's turn to start. He's John Wolford has only had one career start. It was week 17 of the 2020 season, and he led the Rams to a victory over the Cardinals and clinched them a playoff berth. He was 22 out of 38 for 231 yards with a touchdown in that game. He also had six carries for 56 yards. So the only start that that Walford has ever had was an 18-7 victory over the Cardinals, Week 17, 2020, 231 yards passing, 56 rushing. He then started the playoff matchup against Seattle, but he had to leave early in the game because of injury. Yeah, Sean McVay said it's under it's their understanding that this did. I'm reading from Jordan Rodriguez's Twitter account. She covers the team for the Athletic. He used to work here at Arizona Sports. Sean McVay said they are the, under the understanding that this happened in the game, but the team discovered symptoms when following up with standard checks with Stafford earlier oh, okay. this week. So he entered the protocol yesterday. So now starting quarterback suddenly in flux. Uh, we th- This is a matchup that obviously we know the backstory with these two teams. Cliff Kingsbury's beaten Sean McVay one time. The Cardinals are 1-7 against the Rams under Cliff Kingsbury. These are two offenses, and I mean – you look at the numbers for the Rams, and you could seriously go blind looking at all the numbers for the Rams. They're in a worse spot than the Cardinals are when it comes to their offense. It is a mess in Los Angeles. Eight three and outs. They lead the NFL in three and out rates. Uh, the, all the punts. Good news for the Cardinals. Horrible. It's just horrible how bad they've been offensively. Yeah, that, uh, those three and out issues. That was that was that really stood out like a, a sore a sore thumb. Worst rate in the NFL. NFL through nine games um, and just and, and you go look at that, you know, the games and the problems that they're having it all. It all stems from the three and outs. It all stems from, you know, not being able to have drives that go on and then just scoring points. Right. They're not scoring a lot of points. Fourth quarter. We talk about the Cardinals problems in the first quarter. The Rams offense has zero points in the fourth quarter for six, six times in eight games. They've had zero points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So they don't score like when the game's on the line. They don't really score. So this is a team that's really struggling offense. Offensively, their offensive line has been what is it eight or nine different offensive eight, line combinations eight in eight games, and this will probably be nine in nine okay. games this right. week when they get one of their guards back. So yeah, Matthew Stafford playing behind a makeshift line that's continually changing every week as they continue to get injured. Yeah, all the listen, time. listen to this cut. This is going to sound. We're going to laugh about this. Dan Orlovsky, NFL Live yesterday. Sean McVay should give up play calling. Sean has to entertain giving up play calls. And again, I want to preface by saying this. It's hard to do anything good with a good offensive line. They've been decimated up front. And the only person on this offense that gets open with Cooper is Cooper Cup. That being said, when they struggle, 
I watch their tape and I feel like Sean reverts back to the things of the past that worked. Mm-hmm. The 2019, the mm. 18 stuff that was with a completely different yeah, offensive yeah. unit. And if I feel that way, then the people watching the tape for the defense feel that way. It's like, who was that? <laughs> it was Dan Orlovsky, Orlovsky? on NFL Live Maybe you could have McVay call the Cardinal plays and Cliff can't call the Rams plays. It's Let's like, just see what happens. It's like that Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man is, is pointing at Spider-Man and Spider-Man is pointing at Spider-Man. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. You're Spider-Man. Yeah, you're Spider-Man. No, you're Spider-Man. Yeah, it's that's the Cardinals and the Rams on offense. Uh, Richard Sherman, don't tell him that it's the offensive line. This was on his podcast earlier this week. At the same time, we watched one of the worst offensive lines in Super Bowl history. Um, and Joe Burrows gets sacked 12 times a game in the playoffs and still walked him to the Super Bowl. So this is a little bit on Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford has to find ways to get balls to other players, um, and he's not doing that. Higby's a good player. They got the back. Cam Akers came back. Allen Robinson, I mean, seemed to be productive when they were getting him the ball. But, again, most of his targets go to Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup is really productive, but that's not winning in ball games. Stafford has he's the intercept he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns this season but he's kind of threw a lot of those interceptions early he hasn't had a two two interception game since week two um hasn't really thrown one since week six but he's not thrown a lot of touchdown passes either that's the problem right he's only thrown multiple touchdowns in a game once this season and that was against the Falcons in week two so he's not throwing touchdowns he's calmed down on the interceptions a little bit but I don't even think it matters right now. You got to start thinking him in concussion protocol middle of the week is I, I, don't, I don't I mean, especially after what happened with two in Miami, he's probably not going to play. Yeah, you would you would think there's an extra degree yes. of, of cautiousness yes. with something like that. Texas, your thoughts right now. The FanDuel text line is available for you at 620-620. Now, when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, who are the Suns three-point shooters now that Cam Johnson's not available for the next month or two? We'll talk about it coming up. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric Ruby is here with today's Twitter poll question of the day. I have absolutely no idea what it is. I have not seen it. It's been a busy day. We've had all sorts of stuff flying around. Stafford, Stafford in concussion protocol. Chris Paul's out. Kyler Murray didn't practice today or Cardinals wouldn't have practiced today. Claimed an offensive lineman. I didn't even get to that. Mm. Wyatt uh, Davis. Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis. Didn't even get to I, I meant to mention that. Didn't even mention that. Wyatt Davis. There's a banged up on the offensive line. They could probably claim a couple. So, I don't know what the poll question is. What are you Not to for? add something else to your guys' plate today, but uh, Hard Knocks in season starts tonight. Oh, that's got a big spot on my what plate time? tonight. What time? What time? Oh, I actually I don't know what time it comes out. we got to find out what time. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, Daylight Savings got me all mixed up. I'm just, I was going to check and see if it came out at like 6 or 7. Hey, uh, Kaota, what time? When we come back at 4.30, if we don't have an answer by then, I'll yeah. get it. I'll yeah, tell two people hours, what time Two, two hours, we'll tell you what time I got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I know your guys' answer to the question, but we're curious about the people. Simple. Will you be watching tonight? You guys are a yes, but I want you to predict the percentage of yes and no. Are we watching Hard Knocks tonight? Well, yeah, we, or just he, are you watching Hard said, Knocks? He said, we know we are. He okay. wants us to guess how many people said yes. What percentage said 70%. yes? 70%. Um, do I go higher or lower than that? Um, I'm going to vote right now to say. <laughs> I'll say 65%. Say yes. Say yes, they will watch tonight. Damn. Well, uh, I'll tell you this. That reaction was close. about what I said. Yes isn't even leading. In fact, 58.7% Ooh. are so out on the Cardinals, they're not even going to watch Hard Knocks in season. Wow. 41.3%. Like, I get to watch yes. a train wreck every Sunday. Why do I want to watch this again? Ooh. On a Wednesday. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay, you were out. You had the day off yesterday. Tim, yeah. Tim Ring was filling in for you. We, we talked a little bit about this. And I had mentioned there was a part of me that doesn't want to watch, right? Only because, and I use the metaphor of like, if, if you go over to a friend's house for dinner and, and these friends of yours are having like marital troubles, they get into a fight in front of you. I don't want to be there for that, right? I want to leave. I want to, I'm like, okay, honey, time to go. It's time to go. Uh, Bob and Martha are fighting again. We got to leave now, right? And if it's going to be like that, and I don't think it's going to be like that. Right. The team has, you know, a, a certain degree of editorial control over it. I'm sure there's going to be some feel-good stories mixed in with that. But if it's like showing me the real grimy truth of why this team is mm. really bad, th- there is a part of me that's going to be watched through, like, parted fingers. Like, I can't watch. I can't watch. I can't see so this. You go over your friend, so you've got, had that experience? You go over to your friend's house and the food's no good? No, I'll go over to a friend's house and they start arguing in front of us. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. you, never, you never had that before? Go to a friend's house for dinner or you go out to dinner with friends and they start arguing in front of you and it gets really bad. Yeah. And you're like, okay, parents shouldn't do that. Time to go. Guys, we have an answer earlier than two hours. Courtesy of Taria, one of our uh, most active Taria fans on from social Alaska. media. Alaska. That's right. Oh, That's right. she's Beautiful awesome. Alaska. She's great. She is great. 8 p.m. Arizona time, 10 p.m. Eastern time for Hard Knocks on HBO tonight. Just right about the time the sun's came in. It's perfect. Oh, I got to get back to Alaska. I love that state. Yeah, right I from- really do love that state, especially in the winter. From sun, we'll see right some northern lights, do some dog mushing. It's beautiful. I've never been there, but it looks oh, beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, I mean, look, I'm going to watch. I'm just saying that if it gets uncomfortable and awkward because this team this year has been uncomfortable and awkward, I as a viewer, I don't enjoy watching that, right? I don't enjoy watching my team go through that. Man, 58% aren't going to watch. you like a kid wow. in a horror movie with I, your hand over yeah, your seriously, eyes. like, I can't watch, Mom. I can't watch. Um, I can't wait to check on those numbers again at 430. Wow. Ooh, I'm really surprised by that. All right. More than half of our audience does not want to watch Hard Knocks tonight. That is the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that. Okay, so Cam Johnson, we know. Suns are taking on the Timberwolves tonight, 6 o'clock. You'll hear it here on uh, Arizona of sports. Yes. We obviously know Cam Johnson's out for a month or two with the meniscus uh, trim that he had. The, the He had a part of it taken out. He didn't have it repaired. It's the it's the way to Make get it. Make it sound like it's a haircut. <laughs> I've just trimmed a little bit off the top. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm just read the story on AZ Central. Yeah. Johnson had his meniscus trimmed, trimmed not it. repaired. Just, so, yeah, hey, I trim? want a number two on the sides and then the yeah. back. Take like a half inch off just, the top, just please. Trim just, today. A little, just a little trim job. Yeah. No big deal. Um, Monty, uh, quote, we think he'll be back for sure. I've heard timelines. We're not quite sure when it's going to happen. We won't put him on the floor until he's 100% ready to go. Trying to figure out where the three-point shot is going to come from without him has become almost question number one for the Phoenix Suns. How do they navigate that? Well, do they have to take – and I have a hard time with this because do they have to, do they have to replace that? If that if if you don't have the guys that can take that shot and hit it consistently, because Cam's gone and Jay's gone and and you know and Chris isn't playing, do you force feed it? You gonna go to Landry? Let me Landry Shaman. averages like five six points a game. Like you gonna? Oh Landry Shaman's yeah okay yeah he's a good three point. He doesn't shoot the ball that much. Like I don't want Landry Shaman taking a lot of the shots in the basketball game. I don't, I don't want him to force it. 
but they need to shoot more than 19 three-pointers. That's, I mean, in the modern NBA, that's a really, really no, low number. No, I get it. A lot that's of teams are shooting really 30, 30, 32, 35. I especially if they're giving you that open shot, right? If they're just going to leave you standing out there because they don't think you have anybody on your roster who can shoot it, I mean, you can't turn down wide open looks. Tory Craig will knock some down. Landry will knock a couple down. I just don't know that you say, I don't know that you go in and your mind like, hey, the game plan is, man, we've got to take 20, we got to take 10 more three-pointers tonight. we got to take 29 three-pointers because you only took 19. I don't know that that's, that's, that's the case. Look, the best guy to shoot the three is Booker, okay? Booker's your guy. Um, and maybe he should take some more. But without Chris Paul and without Cam Johnson, teams are going to co- go into every single game saying, look, we stop him, we stop them. Oh, talking so, about book. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, book's not going to get this. Now, when you when you have a full arsenal, you know, you got to pick your poison. And book's still the most lethal weapon on the team by far. But there's other guys that could beat you, so you kind of played a little more even strength. But without these guys, teams can really go in and just focus on trapping book every time he gets the ball, forcing the ball out of his hands. But if you said who could pick up the slack more than anybody, I'm not going to go with like Landry Shamit. Like really, like how many minutes does he play a game? Like I can't play. Like I don't think Landry's the guy. No, but with Chris Paul out, I think Landry Shaman's going to have to pick up slack. Maybe not as a three-point shooter. He's going to have to pick up slack because he's going to be your primary ball handler off the bench, right? He's your basically your backup point guard now going forward until you get Chris back. No, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and again, I'm not I'm – not, I, I don't know the right answer to this question. I really don't. I just know that 19 in today's NBA is probably not enough. Right. You know, you, you mm-hmm. probably need to – because that shot is just such a common part of the NBA in 2022 that, that – at 19, now who does it? Troy Craig is a good enough three-point shooter, but he's not a super high-volume guy. You know, uh, Shamit can obviously drain them, but his confidence kind of comes and goes in it. Uh, Jock Landale is a better three-pointer than what we've seen. We haven't seen kind of the best version of him yet, but I don't know if I want him jacking up a bunch more. The answer, uh, Look, when Chris Paul comes back, the answer to the question is probably Chris Paul. Yo, Chris, shoot. Yes, shoot the ball more. Shoot the ball. Because he's a good three. He's th- he has always been a good three point shooter. Chris Paul yeah. has always been a good three point shooter. There was a game, and I know he's hurt right now, but there was a game over the weekend, one of the Portland games, where he had four shots. And Monty, after the game's like, I, we need more more than four shots out of Chris Paul. Yes, he's got to shoot the ball more than four times. Just ha- and, and I don't know what what kind of slumber Chris Paul's game is in that requires a jolt. But he, when he comes back, he's one of the answers to that question. The guy's so, a really good three-point shooter. There are I mean, he puts his mind to four it. Four teams averaging over 43-pointers a game taken. Four. What's the low? You don't want to know. It's not even close to what the Suns shot the other day. So the high is 40.7, Golden State. Indiana shooting 40. The Celtics 40. The Jazz 40. The low is 28.6. <laughs> see, that's what I, see, that's what I'm talking That is what I mean. Three-point attempts. That is, that is what I mean. That's the, three point, the low in three-point attempts is the Pelicans at 28.6. Yeah. The Suns are 24th at 31.9. Okay. So the Suns average about 31.9. That obviously went down in that Philly game. But I don't know that without Cam Johnson and without Jay and without Chris, I don't know that you, like, I'd be surprised if they took 31 three-pointers in the game tonight. Showing Kona big wave this Sunday. It's a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the L.A. Rams. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies off of Scottsdale Road. So this Rams team is facing similar problems to the Arizona 
Arizona Cardinals. How similar? We're going to go to Los Angeles and find out next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals and the Rams coming up on Sunday. This game got um, a whole lot more curious with all the news that's come down in the last 45 minutes. Kyler Murray dealing with a hamstring injury. He was out for practice today. Did not practice today. It was just a walkthrough. Find out that Matthew Stafford's in concussion protocol. Who knows what his availability Wolford is. McCoy. It could be. It could be John Wolford versus Colt McCoy. And joining us right now to talk a little L.A. Rams football. And we might sneak in an NBA question or two given his role for ESPN joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line here and from what we just found out during the commercial break when he's in town an avid listener of the Burns and Gambo show really? George Sedano from 710 ESPN oh, Los Angeles. George welcome to the show how are you doing? Thank you for listening to us when you're in town we appreciate that. Yeah man happy to be on and thanks for having me I, I listen I'm a sports radio guy I've been doing it for 20 years so I uh Whenever I'm in town, I always I always try to go to the spot to listen to for the local uh, the local sports. So you guys are the thing for sure. So you guys do a great job. Way to go! Appreciate, appreciate it. That. Happy to have Thanks you so on. Much. Hey, listen, I said it earlier. I, I'm I, in a way in a way with this news about Kyler Murray being on the injured list. I kind of want to see Colt McCoy. This is nothing against Kyler, but this yeah. offense has been stuck in mud. I'm serious. I would like to see for one game if the Cardinals can actually throw the ball down the field more than 3.5 yards, you know, per uh, per pass. And maybe if they if Colt McCoy came in and he did that, we might say, look, it really is more. Kyler than Cliff because here the debate is Kyler or Cliff. You guys are having the same thing with McVay and play calling and, and Stafford. Tell me what's going on with that offense in, the, in Los Angeles. Well, the disaster is along the offensive line. And here's the thing. We all know Matthew Stafford is not Kyler Murray by any stretch of the imagination. Hell, he's not even Colt McCoy when it comes to his wheels. So uh, he's a statue back there. And with their offensive line, particularly the issues up the middle, that's been a big problem for them. They can't can't sustain their blocks. Uh, At one point, two weeks ago, they had multiple third-string guys along the offensive line, and they clearly can't run the ball. Well, they couldn't run the ball even when they had their first-team offensive line. So you couple all those things together, and you can't really put much together on offense when you're McVay and Stafford in those situations. So when when the blame game is being played then, here in Arizona, we tend to spread it around a little bit. We talk about Cliff. We talk about Kyler. We talk about the injuries because the Cardinals certainly have had their share on the offensive line too. In L.A., is it solely focused on the offensive line or does the blame game spread out a little bit even more among some of the fans when talking about the Rams' problems this year? So we're doing a blame pie, as we like to call it over yes. here on our we show love, in we L.A. Yeah. We do the same thing, George. Yeah. We're big pie charters here. We love the pie chart. Okay, good. Give good. me the pie chart. What do um, you got? I would say uh, nearly 50% of the people that at least deal with us on a regular basis are fairly rational and understand that if you have a quarterback in his 30s who can't really move um, and you don't have a good offensive line, you don't have a running game, then you're in trouble. So I would say that nearly 50% is that. I think the other part of it is they blame the running backs. Probably about another 25% there on the running backs. So that would leave about 15% for Matt Stafford. Like, you know, what's the guy supposed to do? He doesn't have support. And then there's that group that like, no, he's, he was a one-hit wonder in this scenario. Like, it was the perfect storm for him. 
And then a small slither, like maybe about 5% that have turned on McVay. I just think that with Sean and his success, really, I mean, outside of one year prior to this one where he didn't make the playoffs, I think they won nine games still then. They've been really good. I mean, I think people also remember <laughs> that first year here in L.A. with Jeff Fisher where they were the cure for, uh, you know, just, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know. Like, it was the, it, I was comatose that time watching those games. So right. um, I, 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 I don't even know what it was like to watch those games anymore. I, I literally would fall asleep on my couch in the afternoon watching those games on a Sunday. But I think people still vividly remember how bad it was with Jeff Fisher that first year. So they like Sean. They know that uh, when Sean's got the right group together, that they'll be okay. And I think the problem is this, is that, and I don't blame them for it. They went all in. And, and in a city like L.A., you got to go all in. you got to win, and you got to win with style, right, That which is not an easy combination. They were able to do that, but when you're – general managers out there with a t-shirt that says F them picks at some point, you're going to have to pay the piper because you need picks to rebuild. And they're not in that situation at the moment. And yet the pot of gold for you guys was the Super Bowl. So I guess that's kind of perfectly leads me into my follow-up question. Just how upset are people in Los Angeles right now about the state of the Rams, given that they are the defending Super Bowl champs and they've, they'll always have that. Nothing will ever take that away from them. So I would say this. Let's start with this part of the equation, that if we're doing another pie chart here, um, I would say the majority or close to nearly half the city, if there are NFL fans, are probably Raider fans still in a big way here. And I, I think that that's something that the Rams don't love. Uh, as an organization, that they still have to battle with the Raiders, and the Raiders are coming to town in a couple of weeks. So I, I'm curious to see what that looks like because we know when the Niners come here, there's a boatload of Niners fans at that stadium. But I, I think there's that. I think that they're clearly second fiddle to a team that's 300 miles away. <laughs> so I think that part of it uh, affects them a little bit. And so the, the fan base that actually roots for the Rams, though, yeah, look, they get it. They, they understand it. Um, it's not like the Lakers, for example, where the expectation is, okay, you won the championship in 2020, now what? Uh, I think with the Rams, because it's still so new, because football wasn't here for 20 years, that I think people are satisfied if they're a Rams fan for the moment. Now they want to see what this rebuild potentially could look like and you know how involved – uh, they're going to be in trying to, you know, maybe acquire picks and, and per- perhaps even sell guys off at some point next year if this doesn't con- continue to ascend, or actually if it doesn't start to ascend again, rather. So I, I think for the most part, Rams fans are fine. Um, it's not like the Lakers and Dodgers here, where those two teams, you know, it, it's Armageddon and the apocalypse every time something goes poorly for them. Like it happened this past season with the Dodgers and what's going on right now with the Lakers. We, uh, in Arizona, we don't ever really go all in, but we watch other teams do it. You know, the Warriors, the Lakers, the the Rams, the 49ers, the Padres, the Dodgers. So we, we watch from afar as other teams go all in. We, we just, we don't, we don't do that here. We don't know what that's about. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I thought you guys were doing it. When you got DeAndre Hopkins, I'm like, all right, that's a big move. Like, what's next? And then, you, you see- know, you bring in an older J.J. Watt, I guess that's okay. But, yeah, I thought with the Cardinals that you guys were going to start to really just, you know, pull the less need model and go F them picks and let's go. Um, and now it's like it may be too late because, to your point, you're questioning whether you have the right guy that you just paid, and then you're questioning whether you have the right coach, at least here with the Rams. 
I don't think anyone's questioning the coach and and the front office just yet. Maybe uh, they're questioning the uh, the strategy to, to 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 maybe completely strip themselves of any assets. But I think for the most part, I think people are understanding uh, uh, what transpired. We've got a big is it Cliff or is it Kyler problem here, and or is it both? But give me the give me an outside perspective. I know you don't watch him play every every Sunday, but you've probably seen enough of Rams Cardinals over the years. What's what's your feeling on, on Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> Well, I will also tell you, I am in a uh, dynasty league in my fantasy football league, and I've had Kyler Murray since his rookie season. So he has been my dynasty quarterback. So let's just say I've ridden the highs and lows of Kyler Murray, similar to Cardinals fans in a lot of ways. Uh, he did lead me to a fantasy championship one year, but uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I, so I, I am happy with him uh, up until this season. I've really kind of soured on him a bit. But in all seriousness, yeah, look, I, I – I think that I had val- I had questions that a lot of people had that felt it was valid at the time is can Cliff Kingsbury translate to the NFL? He was under 500 as a college coach or whatnot. But, you know, I, I think early on it seemed okay. Uh, I-, I just think that perhaps you have two guys, and this is, again, a 30,000-foot view, that may not be the perfect fit, not just together, but maybe the right fit for what you guys need. And I think that there's a real possibility that perhaps both guys are guys that maybe you have to part with because Cliff may not be ready to really be a championship-level head coach, even though he's proven far beyond what I thought he could do. And I think with Kyler, whether it's that he doesn't trust his receivers or he doesn't trust the system um, or he just likes to improvise too much. I, I just think that there's not enough structure in what he does on the field on a week to week basis. So that's just kind of my observations of it. And it's interesting because I'm actually calling their game on Sunday on ESPN radio uh, with Kirk Morrison uh, as my partner uh, who played for the Raiders for many years. But um, so I, I've been kind of really focused in on them the last several weeks because I knew this game was coming up. Yeah. George, hey, we appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to us when you're in town. We really appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man, for sure. I actually think I'm doing my radio show out of your studio next week because yeah. I, uh, I'm going to be in town to do uh, Warriors Sun. So maybe I'll stop in and say hello. Come in and absolutely. Say, come in and say hi. We'll bring in studio. We'll, we'll bug you for a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, come say hi to us. Without Sounds question. like a plan. All right. Thanks, All man. Right. We appreciate it. George Sedano joining us. Arizona Sports Line here on the Burns and Gambo Show, 710 ESPN LA, co-host of the Sedano and Cap Show. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo, the Minnesota Timberwolves, lot was expected of them this year. Boy, have they disappointed so far as they get ready to take on the Suns tonight. We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo.